Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's really good to have you here at Fellowship. Thanks for uh, waking up and getting here. Some of you may have opened presents this morning. It's kind of awkward having a service on Christmas morning, uh, especially after we had a whole bunch of services on Christmas Eve last night. Um, some of you actually tried coming at the 4.30 and you had to go home because we were turning away people. It was so crowded last night. But, you know, we're, we're here to celebrate um, Jesus Christ. We're here to celebrate that this child who was born lived for us. And uh, that's what we've been talking about this, the past uh, several weeks here at Fellowship. As we redeem Christmas, as we really move it away from hype and into worship, worship of Jesus who came and lived for us and died for us, and rose from the dead for us. And you know, that's what, that, that's what we've been looking tonight, or today, excuse me, we're looking at this whole picture of God in us. It's that picture of, that, of uh, celebrating Christmas, knowing that through Christ we have the Spirit of God in us. And I know it's been uh, somewhat challenging for us because there's quite a bit of celebration around for Christmas. It's called the Christmas Spirit, and it's reflected in a whole bunch of different ways. One of the ways is through lights in, in your homes. And, and take a look at some of the homes. We drove around uh, Topeka and uh, went to the Potwin area, which is closer to downtown. Beautiful area. It really gets you into the Christmas spirit. These people kind of went overboard with lights and lawn ornaments. This one, look at that. This isn't in Topeka. This was on the Internet where I found this one. But they can't even get into their... Into their, uh, into their uh, it's called a garage. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, what do you do when you live next to a person who goes haywire with Christmas decorations? I'm glad there's a separation between me and the neighbor right down the way who really goes overboard. If you can't afford it, you do something like this. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> You know, we don't celebrate it with lights or with lawn ornaments. We can celebrate it with clothing. Look at this Christmas card. Those two guys are going to get married someday, and their kids are going to look at them in tights, and they're going to laugh. Um, or, or we reflect it in sweaters. I'm sorry if you're wearing this one, by the way. I've looked at this, this picture, and I've realized, is that a goat in the lady's lap? A Christmas goat. That's the first thing I've seen on that. We can express it with Christmas cards also. This is kind of the awkward Christmas card. A family, a guy probably went on the safari during the year and wanted to brag to his friends of what he shot. Unfortunately, his family had to try to smile around the mount. It's kind of odd, isn't it? Kids don't look at the, at the leopard. This one they actually had to change the background to to match the hairstyles. It's kind of the awkward one. This one, due to the wake of, you know, Photoshop, families have gotten kind of creative and corny in the Christmas spirit. This one says, don't get caught under the mistletoe. Who knows how that, you know, creative session went. This one is for 2011 in the big Occupy movement that's there. What's one thing this family needs to realize is that the house behind them is part of the 1%, isn't it? This one is the distracted family Christmas card. Does that look like your living room? Everybody looking at a screen texting away. Uh, and I don't want to squelch the Christmas spirit. That's not what I want to do. I want to kind of look at the picture of what this time can bring us together. 
And, you know, Norman Rockwell, a great uh, American artist, did a tremendous job of capturing the Christmas spirit in a lot of his works. This one is entitled Homecoming, where uh, here they're celebrating their son coming home, mom's cramming around him and hugging him. And, you know, that's some of the great moments of this time of the year. This Christmas spirit is to gather around loved ones and let them know how much we love them and spending time with them. Here's another one. I was kind of that kid in the front that walked into grandma's house and said, we're here. That's the whole picture of uh, joining and seeing loved ones and encouraging them, supporting them, and then gathering around a table. And there's always food in these types of celebrations, aren't there? Gathering around. You know, just in uh, Charles, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, um, where Scrooge gets to the end and after he's seen Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future, he says this, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out, shut, shut out the lessons that they teach. Now, Scrooge said this as he saw perspective on this moment. And that's what we've actually been trying to do over the course of this month is look at the perspective of that first Christmas when Christ came, his advent with us, his arrival with us on earth, because the word, the promise of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And I want to direct your attention to that arrival of Christ as it's detailed for us in the book of Luke chapter two, beginning with verse seven. And I want to read that for you as we celebrate this time and the true Christmas spirit that's alive within us if we have Jesus. In Luke 2, 7, it says this, And she, being Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. See, this is the incarnation. When God became flesh and made his dwelling with us. We've looked at now four different aspects of the word becoming flesh of the incarnation is that it didn't just happen. Jesus just didn't happen, you know, 2000 years ago when he was born outside of Bethlehem. He's truly God before us, God before us in creation. 
God speaking to us through even the Passover and the prophets, all the predictive prophecy that was written about who this Messiah would be and when, where he would be born, was predicted hundreds of years before him. And he came because God, through Christ, was before us. God is also with us. His name, Emmanuel, which means God is with us, was the picture of who Jesus is. He's God with us. The presence of God dwelt on this earth. He's also God for us in that it was God who loved us first. We didn't love him first. He loved us first. And in Christ, Christ initiated his love in us so that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He lived perfectly for us because none of us live perfectly all of us struggle with sin and we're never compared to each other i'm never compared to your life and god never compares me uh you with me he only compares us all to christ and because of that only christ could live the perfect life for us and so because he could live the perfect life he also died on the cross because he could fill the righteous requirement of that sacrifice needed for our sins And by dying, Jesus died for us in our place. And he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day and he rose so that he could defeat sin and the power of death in our lives. Because now, folks, through Christ, God is no longer against us. He's for us. He's for us. And we looked at this is a game changer for us. This is really something that changes our lives when we realize we don't have to look over our back. At God, you know, reaching down from heaven, you know, out to, you know, thump on us. He is a God who is for us and he has sent Jesus Christ to restore us back into a relationship. Not a religion, a relationship with himself again, because God is for us. And when Jesus rose, one of the things that he did, giving us a a deposit, as, as Paul says, guaranteeing what is to come. He gave us his spirit to live in us. Christmas really is, that's the spirit we want to talk about. It's God in us. And and what this means is that it's more than religious practices this time of year. It's more than just gathering together and, you know, getting that religious feeling going. It's about the very presence of the living God within us. This is how John describes it in 1 John 4, 13. He says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Do you see that? That that we realize that we have this relationship with God because he put the very presence of himself in our lives through faith in Christ. And, and therefore, we're not going to be a people that just try to do all the right things. We realize that the very presence of God is in our lives. The very presence of God moves us beyond customs and rituals to the for those on the inside, to those of us on the outside who've, who've been brought near to the presence of Christ. And the Holy Spirit reminds us to do that. We can either try to be controlled by man or we can be set free by God. And the very presence of the Spirit within us moves us away from just rituals and into a relationship with God. Secondly, it's more than a feeling. It's the fact of God becoming flesh in Christ. You know, this time of year, it's, um, there's extreme highs and extreme lows because it's a very emotional time. You have so many different things that are happening. And in just a few hours, you know, tonight, it's always 
Christmas night, you know, we hit the Christmas letdown. All the excitement, all the expectations, all the kids know what they got for Christmas. The excitement kind of leaves it and you kind of go through Christmas depression in between now and the new year. And you know what? That's when we base our lives on on feelings. And, And the true spirit of Christmas is here to remind us of the fact. The fact that Jesus came to this world, the word made flesh, and he lived for us the life we couldn't live. He died for us, making a payment we couldn't pay. And he rose from the dead, ensuring life, being the firstborn for us to have eternal life in heaven with God. This is what Paul writes in Colossians 1.27. He says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentile are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is, this is the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope, of glory. See, with that reality, with the fact that through Christ we have the Spirit within us, it, it kind of guarantees us that picture of hope. It's the hope of glory, of eternity with God. And, and that's a picture that what, what you're basing your hope on, if it's just feelings, if it's just wishes out there, or is it in fact? Jesus came to give us, give us a, a physical visible picture of who God is that would move us away from feeling and into the historical fact of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And therefore, we're called into that that picture of, of understanding that through Christ, we are perfectly loved. That's the fact. You are perfectly loved. The fact is about Christ is through him, you are completely forgiven. And the fact about Christ is that only through his resurrection do we have, we're completely delivered from the power of sin and death. That's the fact. And because of that, we can have the hope of glory. That's the picture we have. Finally, it's more, this Christmas spirit is more than memories. It's a call to mission. And you know what? You, you talk about all the different memories that are out there. On Christmas, we were, I was talking with a guy last night and he was just sharing about Christmas memories when he asked a guy, Do you, what's your most vivid Christmas memory? And one guy said, it was when I was fighting in World War II and I was in a foxhole. I remember that Christmas Eve. And I remember a really lonely Christmas Eve when I, about 23 years ago when I was in Dallas Seminary delivering newspapers on Christmas Eve and I had cold chicken and Cheetos. And I remember that. Other times we remember it were really cool, really great times with family and friends around us. You have really great, great uh, memories that we have. But you know, the memory of Christmas is not to be confined to a manger. It's actually put into a mission, a mission for our own lives because God through Christ is in us. We're called into the work of God. We're called into missions. Paul says this in, in Philippians 2.13. He says, for it's God working in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That means through Christ, God's no longer against you. He's for you. And he takes great pleasure, like, like a joyful parent with their child. He takes great pleasure. And he works in us. You know, we're, we're a church that really celebrates the work of God in us. One of our key values here is the value of availability. 
Now, we may not know exactly what God's going to do with our lives. We don't have to know that. But we know that when we're available to him, he's going to use us. And all we have to do is make ourselves available to, to him, to his word, and a people. And he's going to use us far greater than we could ever imagine. You know, some of the things that have happened this year in some of your lives, some of your lives, you've, you've made a commitment to Christ where before it was kind of like a religion out there that you thought you had to live up to a measure of performance. And now you realize it's not in my performance. It's in the perfection of Christ. It's not in me trying. It's, it's in me trusting in the work of Christ. And you've taken that step by faith and you've made Christ the center of your life. And we celebrate God at work in you. Others of you have kind of just been watching what God's doing at FBC. And this has been a year you actually got involved in ministry and you've served children or you serve in our nursery or you lead a small group or you joined a small group and you're growing in that. You've got into the scriptures and God through the scriptures is at work in you. Others of you have gone through huge loss, the loss of a loved one or the loss of, um, uh, of a job or income, and you're learning to trust the Lord with that. And, and our lives, just by walking through that with you as a church family, are growing deeper and stronger because we're seeing you trust the Lord because God is at work in you. And he's not just at work in this church. He's at work in us outside of this church as we celebrate um, you know, share fest this year of having over a thousand volunteers going out and serving our public schools, the Topeka 501 public schools and doing landscape overhauls, paying for all of it and showing up and serving them. No strings attached, just sharing the love of Jesus. It's shown on, uh, through Love Topeka, where we go outside of this church and, and support these different ministries, at the, whether it's the rescue mission and serving a meal or, or sorting clothes over there, or a retirement community where we're building relationships with, with people going through difficult times in their lives. It's through ministries like Finding Hope that are coming alongside people and crafting a hope and a future for their lives. This is all about being a part of a mission of God. And it's happening in here and it's happening out in our community because God is at work in us, which means we're not we're not limited to a location wherever we go, because God is in us. We can be used for his purposes. And it's also going around the world. We've been involved with uh, a trash mountain in in the Dominican Republic with the Trash Mountain Project. And uh, we've gone and ministered to families who who sort through trash all day for four to eight dollars a day on a 14 hour day and their children live in poverty in a third world country that means they don't have shoes and one thing our kids did this year is uh we had two weekends ago barefoot weekend where they came and donated their shoes they took off their shoes and left them for kids in the dominican republic and they went home on a cold weekend barefoot because god was at work in them he wanted he, he used them and their generosity to share the love of Jesus through giving of themselves. And it's, it happens through us building a technical school for them down there, of which our Christmas offering is going to go to. Because God is at work in us. And when you're used by God, you're used in, in means far beyond whatever you could dream. Because it's all about Him. And it's all about his glory becoming greater on earth as it is 
in heaven. Because, folks, God is working in us. Every week, I try to give you a, a, a vision or share a vision with you of what God can do in each of our lives. And uh, there's no better time to illustrate this than uh, our candlelight service, in which we recognize who that one person was that changed human history for us. And that one person is Jesus Christ. You know, John uh, refers to Jesus in his book, John chapter 1, and with allusions throughout it of Jesus being the light of the world. And light came into darkness. And the darkness could not snuff it out. And the picture of Christ is that one person changed it all. And it begins from his work on the cross, from my life, and from my life as my life is changed with the reality of God now in me through the Spirit, that it needs to move from my life in others' lives. So I want you to take out your candles right now, and we're going to illustrate this. And I know some of you will have to, you know, contort to keep the flame going. This may take us a little longer time, but we're going to show... From one person born in a manger, invading one life, and transferring to another life. We're going to get a visual picture of what the gospel is all about. The gospel of the presence of God in me, the fact of the word becoming flesh, and the mission of God through my life is transferred one life at a time. And what we're going to do is as the lights are turned down as we do this, we're going to actually light the room with a picture of the power of the gospel moving from one life to the next. We're going to sing Silent Night as we do this. And it's my hope that you would realize and align your life to the only one who truly is light in a dark world. And commit your life to be a light that reflects the grace of Jesus Christ so that people might see your good works and not glorify you and say you're a great person, but glorify your Father in heaven.
together and sing this last verse one more time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as this light shines, uh, may we realize that you live in us through faith in Christ. And Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending your son some 2,000 years ago to love us, to live for us, to die for us, and to raise for us. May this light of truth go through our lives into other people's lives that we might give light to a dark world. And may Jesus receive the glory, for it's in his name I pray. Amen. Well, we want to thank you for being with us this morning. Merry Christmas. And uh, on your way out, if you just don't mind uh, dropping off your candle at one of the receptacles there, and you can blow them out. It's better to put a, you know, snuffed out candle than one lit into those things. Hey, God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas and a great new year. Bye-bye.